Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Well, welcome back to the Make Disciples podcast. This is Dan Rober here again, and I am joined with Russell Matherly. Thanks for being here with us. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me, man. I believe this is the first time that you've been on our Make Disciples podcast. I think that's well, I did a Zoom conversation with your wife and with Eric. That was back sometime in the summer. So maybe a previous iteration yeah. of this. Well, great to have you here with us. I'm excited for uh, this conversation we're going to have because we get to talk about an important aspect of our Christian lives. So what we're doing now is talking about some of the major goals that we have here at Wildwood and part of our overall mission and vision and strategy. And what we're trying to do here is connect these with the life of a Christian. Say, why is it important? And so today we're going to be talking about this idea of moving hearts, one of our four major ideas here at Wildwood. So, Russell, can you tell me what do we mean when we talk about moving hearts here at Wildwood? Yeah, that's good. So there are kind of two ways to think about it. One is the just short and sweet answer. It is exactly what it sounds like. But the other one that I'll expound a little bit more on, moving hearts is one of the, like you said, it's one of the four mission strategies of Wildwood Church, right? So the vision is making mature and equipped disciples of Jesus who live with gospel purpose. And the mission is like answering how we're going to do that, right? So one of the ways that we do that is through regularly creating environments for people's hearts to be moved when they reflect on who God is and what he's done. So it's engaging that part of yourself that we call emotions or the feels um, is what the kids are saying. That's referring to, you know, Augustine called it our loves. Jonathan Edwards called it our affections. It's engaging that part of ourselves in reflecting and thinking about God. You say affections by Jonathan Edwards. That's a really good book, by the way. I recently read something that said that Jonathan Edwards' Religious Affections, that's the name of the book, is the most important book ever written on American soil. Now, I don't know how you actually say something like that and can back it up, but uh, it's an excellent book because Edwards himself was writing that during the First Great Awakening when there was this outpouring of emotion. And he was talking about the importance of that. But is that all that we're talking about? Just emotions to get people excited or moving in a particular direction? What do we mean by the heart? What, what are we getting at here? Yeah, it's good that you asked the question that way. I think for a lot of people, it's kind of the, I don't know, the evangelical or Protestant thing as we, and particularly as Reformed Presbyterian Church, we like to think in intellectual terms. So when we start talking about the emotion side of thing, that can come across as maybe shallow or selfish or just kind of, I don't know, a surface level kind of thing. It's artificial or it's secondary. It's not as important as the real stuff that goes on in your brain. I just don't think biblically that that necessarily holds as much water. Now, I think there's something to say about emotional manipulation, right? Where you're just trying to do something to get an emotional response. But think of it this way. What if I were to say, hey, Dan, I want you to picture either, you know, your relationship with Sarah, your wife, or I don't know, maybe uh, your parents or your siblings or whatever it is. All right. Picture a relationship. And then to say from that relationship, take out any kind of emotionalism whatsoever. So no laughing, no smiling, no tears, none of that. Right. 
you're not left with very much of a relationship then, are you? I mean, you've got other things built up around it for sure. And I'm not saying emotions are the only thing that matters in a relationship, but it is, we would say, a crucial part of what it means to be in a relationship is to have that emotional core and that emotional aspect. And I think that there's a responsibility to be careful of that. Make sure we don't go, it's all about the emotions, not about the intellect. It's not about physical practices or disciplines or things like that. That's certainly something we need to be careful of. But this is really zeroing in on that emotional, relational, or that love part of a human person and that part of the relationship with Christ. Hmm. So what I'm hearing from you is that if we reduce our Christian faith merely to the intellect, we're missing a fundamental aspect of our Christian life. Absolutely. It's going to affect how we are. Well, at the same time, that's not the entirety of our faith. Our faith is not simply how we feel. I mean, there was a comedian named Mark Lowry that I really like listening to that he always talked about when he had to get up at 4.30 in the morning. And when he had to get up at 4.30 in the morning, he was not a morning person and he did not feel saved when he had to get up at 4.30 in the morning, right? (laughs) And that's an emotional thing. Uh, So that's not the entirety, but it's a significant part of who we are. God changes us. And when When we recognize the love that God has for us, when we recognize the sacrifice on our behalf, when we apprehend the holiness of God and the fact that we can commune with him, that's more than just an intellectual thing. That is an emotional thing that goes to the very core of our being. Sure. And I would even say this. I mean, if you look biblically through the people who had, you know, whatever it was through encounters with angels or encounters with God or encounters with Jesus, it wasn't just that they were, you know, downloading information. Like when they had physical bodily responses, some of them who, you know, dropped to their knees or shouted or fell on their face or whatever it was. That's not just because their information was being processed in a certain way. That's because something about the glory and majesty of God triggered an emotional response in them, in their bodies. And I should say this too, that looks different for everybody. Some people are more openly emotive. I like to think that I'm a crier. Okay, so if there's a movie that's really good, it's just instantly that's going to hit that part of me. Other people, not so much. It's going to look different. I think that's the beauty about, you know, the diversity of the kingdom is we have a diversity of expression. Some people just that's not that they're more or less in touch with their emotions or anything. It's just not how they show it. I think there's something there that, you know, just because you've never had a moment where you were thrown to your face and tears streaming down your eyes or whatever, that doesn't mean that you're less of a Christian or that experience or whatever was inferior in any way. It's just different. But there should be some level of emotional connection is how I would sum all of what I just said up. That's really good. So now that we've established that, how do we accomplish this at Wildwood? What are the primary environments that we try to cultivate this and how we can see this in uh, the lives of the members of Wildwood Church? Yeah, so this is kind of the hidden secret of moving hearts. You think about the other strategies you've got, you know, making disciples. Well, how do you do that? Well, you make disciples. Serving freely. How do you do that? Well, you get out there and you serve freely. Caring deeply. How do you do that? Well, you care deeply for other people. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's not active in that, but with moving hearts, the interesting thing about that is we're not the ones who move the hearts. God's the one who does the work of moving hearts. That's why I said earlier, you know, we're responsible for creating environments where that can happen. But ultimately, we know it's up to God through the power of the Holy Spirit to do that in someone's heart and in their life and to change them. 
We're just creating environments for that to happen. So the primary environment, what you're asking, we say is the corporate worship service. Whether you're you know, in the sanctuary with us or right now, whether you're online having to stream the service, the, the corporate worship service is the primary place where we come to have our hearts moved by God. And one of the aspects of our worship service that I think is so important is that communal nature of the worship service. Because when we think about our Christian life, Certainly, I can be moved by watching something on television. And like you said, a lot of our members are doing that right now because of the COVID situation. But there's something about participating with other people that creates this environment where you can be moved while other people around you are drawn into this same kind of environment. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, one level of that, if you think about when you're in the congregation and you're worshiping and, you know, maybe we're singing something and you look over and you see someone in the congregation who has been through, I mean, you just know they've been through the ring or whatever it is. And to watch that person, I see it from the stage all the time. It's kind of funny. People think when you're on the stage, we can't see because the lights are too dark. Oh, no, no, no. We see everything. <laughs> but when you look over and you see someone who's in the worship, you could tell they're from their body language or maybe they're crying or maybe their eyes are closed or something. But you could tell they're really engaged. And when you think of what that person has been through and how they're responding to the faithfulness of God, that stirs up my emotion. And I think, oh, my gosh, I just can't imagine being in their shoes, thinking what they're thinking. That's so powerful. See, even if I had a horrible morning or something, you know, and I'm just not emotionally present or available, but to see them, man, if they can do it and they can celebrate God's faithfulness, I can too. And that's what you're talking about, that communal experience, you know. You can't get that when you're by yourself. Now, of course, God can move your heart anywhere, wherever you are. That's one element of that communal aspect you're talking about that I just think is so powerful. Yeah, I'll give a specific example. And I'm ashamed to me. I haven't uh, gathered his name yet. But where I generally sit in the service, because I'm a creature of habit. And sure. so I sit in the same place you, most you times. I can actually look up and see a child. And he's six, seven, maybe eight years old. But every time I see him during the worship service when we're singing, his hands are in the air. Yeah. And he yeah. is getting into it and having yeah. so much fun. And I don't know how much he's actually understanding, but he is influencing the worship of people in uh, the service simply by participating together. And we should say again, as you noted earlier, that this is not simply about emotions. I mean, the joke about music sometimes is like the strings on the keyboard plays a role, the Holy Spirit, you know, and just moving yeah. something as if, you know, you can make that environment. And that's not the only point. We yeah. don't want to say that emotions are disconnected from the intellect, but both of them serve a role in our Christian life. That's right. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the gospel message, when you think about what Jesus accomplished on the cross, at least in me, I mean, that causes something to happen at my emotional core. I mean, that sparked from a thought. We can call that the intellect, but then it's not detached. It doesn't just sit there. You know, it connects to something on a deeper level. Now, that's not saying that, therefore, I'm done with the intellect or whatever, but it bridges that gap and it creates that connection like you're talking about. It's like the words that Jesus gave to the woman at the well, that there will be a time when people worship in spirit sure. and in truth. Mm -hmm. And you could draw that connection with the idea of the intellect as well as the emotions and see Absolutely. how both come in. Are there any resources that you would recommend people to consider as we think about this idea of moving hearts? 
I would, yeah. So shameless plug, there is a, a sermon series that was done here a couple of years ago, specifically on the topic of worship and moving hearts and that sort of thing. If you go on the either the website or wherever you're listening to your podcast, just go to the Wildwood Sermon Archive and you'll find it there. For any readers, I would recommend there's a book that David and I really love on the topic of worship by Louis Giglio called The Air I Breathe. It's just really good brass tacks, short and sweet. A lot of the language that we use at Wildwood around worship kind of came from that. So Louis great at summarizing big thoughts. And then another one, this one is a little, it's dense. The author's a little more, he's an academic for sure. But this book is called You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. I read it about a year ago. Uh, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this has fundamentally changed the way that I think about what I do on Sunday mornings just in general about worship. It is dense. You will read it and you will say, there are a lot of words. I don't know what those words mean. You might, Dan. I don't know. I don't. It's excellent. It is a very good book. You Are What You Love by James K. Smith. You should know that a lot of academics just like using those dollar words, even Mm -hmm. though a nickel word will be Mm -hmm. more suffice. But James K. Smith is a great uh, author. So I enjoy reading his stuff. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for this podcast. We look forward to future podcasts. Hopefully we can get you back again, Russell, to uh, join us for another discussion. Absolutely, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you for joining us as well. We look forward to seeing you for our next podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.